Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. On today's show, the fabulous Adam Richard and the furious Ben Elwood join me to discuss Thor, Love and Thunder. My name is Justin Hamilton, and why did I agree to do this on Big Squid? To this spirited debate about the latest Thor movie. Uh, the way this podcast is going to work is... Uh, so yesterday, uh, which was Sunday, Ben, Adam and I went and saw the movie at 10am and then we returned to my place to record the podcast you're about to hear. So this is Raw. We didn't talk about it on the way back. Anyway, we recorded the podcast and then uh, I went about my day and 24 hours later, I have some new thoughts that kind of build on where I'm actually at with the film. So uh, make sure you sit all the way through to the end of this podcast if you want to hear exactly where I've landed on this film. Because, to be honest, I had an interesting time thinking about it uh, when I eventually got around to remember to think about it. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting, right? Uh, before we kick off, if you sign up to our Patreon, you have an episode of the podcast dedicated to you. And today's shout out goes to Jake Mink. I don't, it's only MC at the end. It's not me uh, running out of breath to say the rest of his name. Jake Mink. Uh, Jake has written some emails to me that, look, to be honest, he has sent me some of my favorite emails. And if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you'll know how much this appeals to me. Jake has told me that I uh, helped introduce him to Children of Men. I helped make some great shows like Watchmen and The Leftovers even more interesting. And I helped broaden his appreciation of Christopher Nolan movies. And that is like a pure heroin email for this guy. I'm Look, Jake, if you send me an email telling me that you think Sophia Coppola somewhere is one of the funniest movies of this century, you know, I might have an overdose. <laughs> it might be the end of me. That's all I've been looking for. Uh, 
thanks, Jake, for being a part of the Big Squid community, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. And look, if you think you are one of those people who'd like to join our community, I'll give some more details at the end of this podcast on how you can do that. And just before we get into this chat, Adelaide listeners, yes, my hometown of Adelaide, you might be interested to hear that uh, I am bringing Big Squid live to the Rhino Room on September 16th. We are going to record a live podcast. It's going to be a big show and guests include Rove McManus, Tom Gleason, the fabulous Adam Richard and making his Adelaide debut, Ben Elwood and That's just the first wave of guests that we are announcing. There are more to come. More. Can you believe it? In September. So if you are a listener of Big Squid, which I'm guessing you are because you are listening at the moment and you live in Adelaide, please use the promo code BIGSQUID, all lowercase, one word, BIGSQUID, so you can get a Big Squid discount on your ticket and you can find that at adelaidecomedy.com. September 16th. It's going to be fun. A lot of fun. We have many ideas and it's going to be... You're going to get to know some of your favourite comedians and you're going to get some stand-up and you're going to get some of the segments that you hear in this podcast live. So it's going to be a blast. So if you're in Adelaide, please make sure you get on top of that because that will sell out. Okay, when everyone's favourite Asgardian embarks on a journey of inner peace, a new galactic threat emerges in Gore, the God Butcher, a galactic killer who has one mission, the extinction of the gods. To take down Gore, the Odin son, enlist the help of King Valkyrie, his rocky pal Korg, and a new hero who feels strangely familiar. Let's discuss Thor, Love and Thunder. Kids... Get your popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the space viking, Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. Well, he got in shape. He went from dad bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? The old ex-girlfriend. What's it been like? Three, four years? <laughs> Eight years, seven months and six days. Give or take. Am I, uh, sensing feelings? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> The only ones who gods care about is themselves. So this is my vow. All gods will die. So on the way here, uh, I had said, you know, I've got a rough structure for the podcast Mm. and how we're going to do it. Mm. But uh, Adam... I'm really impressed with your ability to not tell us how you feel about the film on the walk back. Yeah, ben, you almost got there. And <laughs> since we already know how you feel. I know I'm how throw- Adam feels. I'm, I'm, throwing it, I'm, throwing it, I'm throwing the structure out. Oh, I love structure. Do you? No, yeah. no, I love chaos. So find a middle ground. <laughs> <laughs> so 
have have any of you, you read the <laughs> have any of you read the Jason Aaron run on Thor that this is inspired by? I've read no. a chunk of it, but not yeah. all of it. I, that that was uh, one of the last comics that I kind of followed before yeah, yeah, yeah. the the routine was broken by COVID. Yeah, uh, and I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, entire yeah, run. I thought it was really good. Yeah, uh, where I got to, I think I was reading it on that Marvel app, and then I caught up to real life, and they. Hadn't turned up. Oh yet. yeah, yeah. So you yeah. couldn't binge. So you lost interest. Well, yeah. I just went on to other things, and well, like one of the reasons I stopped reading monthly comics is because I would pick them up and go, I don't even know what happened last yeah, month. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, old yeah. now. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. also <laughs> the problem. I, I think the problem with that is, uh, and I've had the same thing with the app because you can read so many in a row, you get into a rhythm. But then when, once you catch up, it's like a six month lag before. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. So they don't so, release monthly to monthly on the app. Oh, they do monthly to monthly, but like once you've again, like you know, the next month when the new one comes out, you're like, I don't remember what happened in the last. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, but because I read it monthly, I was in that rhythm, so yeah. it was yes, yes, it yes, was yes, fine. Yes. But uh, Gore turns up in the very first issue yes. of Aaron's Run, right. and that goes through quite a few uh, volumes. Uh, then uh, there was the original Sin Mini, where yeah. Thor becomes unworthy. Yes. And uh, he becomes unworthy when Nick Fury whispers into his ear because Gore is against the idea of gods. He whispers into Thor's ear, <laughs> Gore was right, and that gives him doubt and he becomes unworthy. And then Jane Foster, who is, uh, has been, uh, had cancer throughout the run, then becomes the new Thor. Mighty Thor. And then that goes into the uh, War of the Realms, which was kind of the big build-up of mm. where he was going for the entire run. Uh, the nine worlds are at war with Malkith and all of that, and that mm. was great. And then it finished with this big three-part, beautiful, beautifully painted. Uh, is it uh, Esad Rebic? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, set way in the future, mm. way in the future. Uh, Thor looking, you know, old and like Odin, and mm. uh, and and it, it was a, it was a pretty epic run. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I was quite curious to see how they were going to do this because uh, weirdly one of my uh, criticisms of the film was that I actually think Gore's a really interesting character yeah. and I feel like he's he could have been like a Thanos level, you mm. keep coming back to him oh, instead of, of a glib throwaway nothing uh, yeah I, I think that in the <coughs> opening of the film Sorry. like it's so yeah. bleak that you go oh okay well you've given him quite a motivation yeah like, it was great. Yeah, and I really but the, liked but the, that. The, 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 the floor of it is that philosoph- there's so much philosophical meat on that bone of mm. killing gods and, yep. and, 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 you know, the stuff that they slightly glance over of like, yeah, you, you, appeal, you, you prostrate before these gods and appeal yep. for their help and they are silent. Yeah. And yep. then you've even got Zeus saying like, fuck them, we're hiding in our little thing. Yeah. But there's, it, none of that is explored beyond just stating those kind of throwaway phrases and I think Gore's motivation is really uh, uh, I agree it could have been a Thanos level yeah. multi-film exploration of yeah. getting into the philosophy of what is what is our relationship with gods as humanity why do we need gods and you know maybe there is merit to killing gods yeah but there's no jokes in that bit I know which is why I fucking hated it <laughs> hey, she's got stage 4 cancer <laughs> God damn it. Does everything... I I thought that Marvel had peaked with glibness when they joked about Florence Pugh's hysterectomy in black 
oh, we don't. Yeah, and now cool. it's like, oh no, now stage four cancer's up for grabs in the fucking Marvel glib joke universe. <laughs> Awful. Sorry, guys. I no, no, fucking no. hated it. Keep I going. Fucking <laughs> hated it. But you hate everything. No, I this love, so I love, I love what I love so much. But this was just. By the way, uh, I'm not talking at the moment because I'm trying to ride the levels. I know because this. he's got no mic he's technique, got, no has mic. he? Yeah, he's not right. a professional no. broadcaster. He should. Uh, <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Just keep going, Ben. Look, I'm going to get it out of the way first because I don't want to be the guy that shits all over everyone's good time. I know Too that late. most. I know that most, <laughs> I was very quiet throughout the movie. I could hear you having a great time. I was I, enjoying. I know, the, and I didn't want, and I, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to impinge on that. So I'm not going to be the guy that but, bangs by on. By the way, the podcast. just because I'm laughing at a film, yeah, don't think that I thought it was great. <laughs> no, no, no. But but also, like, I I I went and saw uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once with yes. someone who wasn't enjoying it, and oh, they were wow. and they were audibly not enjoying it, uh, and yeah. I found that affected my relationship. With the film, was that the first time you saw it? Yes. Oh wow! So you know, and I've and I've come to realise that I, if I'd seen that movie in a full house with everyone having a great time, I probably would have really I been did. on board. It was so much fun! But when you're sitting next to someone who's kind of like, <sighs> and all this stuff, you, you know, you feel weird, kind of being like, "No, nah, I'm having a great time." So I had, I had a friend of mine who I was selling that film very hard to in the UK, and it didn't have a release date because yeah. they weren't going to release it there, and then it became huge, and so... Yeah. They really weren't going to release it? They weren't going to release it? No, no, it, it, was a, it was such a small release, and then it just kept getting... It's, it's like an old-school movie. It yeah. just kept getting this momentum Months on. that kept building and building, and it's like, it was weird. It was something like yeah. its fifth or sixth week where it was earning its most money, which yeah. is completely yeah, it was only in like I think it was only in New York and... and LA, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, it was yeah, spread yeah. to about three or four other cities, and then just people kept talking about it, and it kept getting. Yeah. So they were like, then they went wide with it, and then yeah, but it was never. I think it was going to be direct to streaming in the UK, and then it was, it got a cinema release because the chatter would not stop. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he went and saw it and loved it, mm. uh, and then said some friends of his went to see it and hated it. He goes, I'm thinking of unfriending them. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, because they just, you know, they're like, oh, this wasn't believable. And that's, it's like. Believable? No, it's not believable. Like, that's why it's fun. It's a metaphor. <laughs> it's, um, who's going to see a movie about the multiverse and complaining that it's not real? I know. I, I don't in- believe in the bagel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so much of movies is set setting, who you go with, what time yeah. of day you see it. Did you eat before the meal, before the how, movie? How many chocolate bullets did you get through? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Did you then no, shit yourself yeah, afterwards? Absolutely. Yeah, it's um, the uh, the Paul Thomas Anderson film that I really didn't enjoy was Inherent Vice, and I put down most of it because I saw it at a ten a.m. preview, and it's, yeah. it, it oh, was yeah. like, no no, 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 that's a nine p.m. night, absolutely, yeah, movie, half you know? cut, yeah, or half you know, you, or, you, or your day's finished. Do you know what I mean? Like you've just had a full day, and yeah. then you sit down and you go, great, I'm now into this. But at ten a.m., it was a yeah, bit like, yeah, fuck, yeah. this is taking a while, and I've got shit to do. Yeah, yeah, I saw I saw Under the Skin at the cinema in the middle of the day. Yeah, you know, and it was not, and I hated that movie when I first saw it. Yeah, and it's one of my favorite films now. But you know, it is all about when you see it and who you see it with. So yeah. you know, all of that is to say, I don't want to be the guy that shits on the movie if everyone else enjoyed it. After you just <laughs> screamed into my microphone and blew out the levels, that I fucking hated it. I fucking hated it. I really did. I really disliked it. But did anyway. you did you hate it more than the multiverse? No, of I didn't hate it banality? more. Than multi- no, 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 no. Because I, I look, I appreciated that there was at least a coherent story. The visuals were a little bit more interesting, mm. and I did chuckle a, a bit few more times. Kirby-esque. I tell you what, I really enjoyed Sam Neill. 
Oh, that was the only was time great. I actually burst out laughing was when right. he was throwing the glitter over it going, I'm <laughs> yeah. disappearing. Yeah. Uh, and I enjoyed Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe So Crow for those great. two things, I enjoyed it. Is Russell Crowe coming, like, trying to grab Nicolas Cage's mantle? It's very good. He's really funny. <laughs> he's really funny. Really funny. He's having And he's having a whale of a time. Okay. I think Russell's always been funny. Mm. Yeah. It's just his sense of humour is so out there. Yes. Well, it, it's also... Uh, it's also like a sportsman's yeah. uh, sense of humour. It's very alpha male. Yeah. But he has got a sense of humour. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I feel like part of the uh, taste test for this film is how did you feel about the goats? Uh, I've, like, I hated them and loved them at the same time. Does, is that a... Yeah. I, you know what I love? Commitment to a joke. Commitment to a joke. Like, I love commitment to a joke. Because we've all seen the, the goat video on yeah. YouTube. They're yeah. hilarious. The screaming yeah. goats. Yes. Like, yeah. And when it first happens, like, great, hilarious, screaming goats. Yeah. Oh, no, he's taking them with him and they're going to be in the rest of the movie. Okay. Yeah. And then, but I think it's I think it's testament to Watiti's, you know, comedic skills is that it's... He just chooses the right moments to bring that gag back instead yeah. of it. You know, like an American director would probably, it would just be incessant and mm, you'd be like, yeah. yeah, we get the goat joke. Just yes. fucking stop it. Yeah. But I think he's just, it's, yeah, he's really skilled with how often it came in, when it came in, hadn't been in for ages and ages and ages. And then they Make crash the into the moon the and you're like, yeah. oh, there they are again. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's definitely got, uh, Proper comedian timing, and they, every time it happened, yeah. I instinctively laughed. And I didn't want to because I was like, "Oh, this is a stupid joke," and you're kind of undercutting the, you know, because there's a, there's a, a lot of gravitas going on in this film. You've got Natalie Portman doing amazing work, mm. like especially performing through all of the cancer storyline. Like that yeah. scene um, where she's getting chemotherapy is really powerful, I thought. Yeah. Like, because you're kind of like, it's like a slow dawning of what's going on. Even though I'd read the comic and I knew yeah. that's what was going on, but it's kind of like, you know, it's never, it's not spelled out in the way it would be in, say, a terrible film where it's like, I'm, I've got stage four cancer and I'm going to die and this is a terrible situation. Let's see if I can make it to the end of the film. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it was... It was kind of like a slow reveal of her in yeah. that moment, like talking to the guy. And I thought it's it's interesting for a film to have that in it and Screaming Goats. Yeah. And I kept thinking the Screaming Goats were going to take away from that. And because there, there, there were occasions in the last one where I was like, oh, this joke's gone too far and you've pulled me right out of any kind of... In Ragnarok. Yeah, right. any jeopardy. To yeah. the point where it got to the end and I was like... Who's Carl Urban again and why do I care if he dies? Mm. Yes. Like, because there were so many stupid jokes that I was like, well, I just want to go on that ride. I don't like this other ride. Well, it was good because I thought they got the, they focused just on a few characters, which yeah. allowed it to breathe. But also I think the the balance of comedy and pathos, like, worked a lot better in this one. Like, when it was, you know, like the, the frac- fractious relationship between the two Thors is like, you're like, oh... This is this is really uncomfortable. This feels real. Yeah, like that. This feels like a not a breakup. Breakup. Like it was people just drifted apart. Are they still, yeah. they still have feelings for each other? And every now and again, they'd be interrupted by the stupid jealous hammers joke. <laughs> 
and <laughs> I found that really funny. Really funny. Yeah. But it's it it was a balance. It was a really delicate balance that Ben did not enjoy, and I understand. Yeah, I I I, <laughs> I got I got to be honest. I totally disagree with you. I, think <laughs> got, I got the no no, but it, I think they got the balance of the cancer right. I, I just wish the movie had been like my, but I kind of agree with your criticism of yeah. it. It deserved to be longer. Like mm-hmm. it, the movies, we, <laughs> since you hated it, you yeah. hate this. Yeah. I felt the movie was too short. Like I felt like it needed a little bit more. Like not too much longer, but it needed more beats of stuff I to agree. let that stuff kind of breathe. But I agree with that. The, so the the reason I disagree with you about it being treated in a glib fashion, mm. and. Uh, once again, you've heard my intro at the start, which I'll record in the future. <laughs> <laughs> but there's going to be spoilers. I don't think it's glib because she dies at the end. Yes. But she doesn't. Yeah, she, she does. does. Yeah, she does. But then she's like reincarnated in Valhalla. No, but he's dead like, too. Like Heimdall, she yeah. is dead. And, I don't know. And she, and she earns that. But also, the thing that I really think this movie knows what it is, yeah. is a children's movie. Yeah. That, but that that lends into my my I, I found look, I found the I found the cancer stuff incredibly tasteless. I really? Thought it, yeah, I really thought it was really tasteless, and I thought, and maybe I'm just getting old and sensitive, and I my current life experience is that I am dealing with someone mm. who is dying from cancer. Yeah. So I've been surrounded by that. So maybe I'm just being overly sensitive, but to evoke, you know, it's similar in stand up comedy. Like if you're going to get on stage and talk about Cancer, pedophilia, like the the real mm. heavy issues. Yeah. I feel like you gotta have a point, yeah. right? And with this to evoke stage four cancer, which guaranteed pretty much everyone in the audience is either dealing with in real time with someone they know. Yeah, so like yeah. apparently one in two people is either like has it or is dealing with a hundred percent. It's it's a it's a fucking really heavy thing to yeah. bring up in what is ostensibly a children's movie, and. To just keep kind of cutting away from it and being like, hey, Thor, like, hey, he broke into the vending machine and she's on dialysis. It's like, I, I just, for me, I just felt like, man, to kind of evoke that memory or that real lived experience for people in the audience and then to keep cutting away to screaming goats and Zeus ripping Thor's clothes off and everything. For me, the balance did not work. Yeah, and that's I felt fascinating. Like using stage four cancer as a plot device. Essentially, she was fridged at the end. Like, she died so that Thor could learn a lesson. Like, yeah. there was... Th- she did. Th- sure. That's That's... Uh, anyway, it's, this is all just my interpretation. Yeah. I felt like, for me, the balance of using that as a plot device in what is ostensibly a children's comedy film mm. was too much. No, it was I, too much. I, I hear what you're saying, but I think that, you know... All of the reactions that everyone had around her having cancer were really real. Like, mm. you know, the scene with her mate, it's it's like, you know, she's like, you have to, like, fight this. Like, you can't just go back to work. Mm. Yeah. Like, and she's like, no, 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 I'll be fine. And, I, you know, with me in the middle of my fucking long COVID, I'm like... Mm. Oh yeah, I hear that Because I keep trying to do things And I can't physically do no, them no. Yeah. And I'm like, oh it's no, brutal. I'm just going to go for a run And then three days of in bed And I'm like, oh, I And can't. it's the run that makes it worse Yeah, it's like I end. can't yeah. Like, you know, I'm impatient And I want to get back on top of it And yeah. so that felt really real to me um, Also, him destroying the vending machine Yes, it ended with a joke mm. But he destroyed the vending machine Because he'd just been told that she's going to die 
and he hadn't really faced up to it until yeah. a medical professional says that to him. And it's, you know, yes, he comes in and goes, oh, someone's got a fridge out there with the door doesn't well, open. Yeah. Yeah, 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 And it's like, he's just smashed a vending machine in absolute fury. And I love that we don't see it. Like, you know, mm. so often they show that moment of the husband punching the wall yeah, yeah, or, yeah. you know, some violent moment. Yeah. And, you know, you only need to go to hospital for four minutes to see how many signs are around playing, please don't yeah. violently attack the people who work here. Yeah. So people do have violent reactions yep, to this kind absolutely. of stuff. Like that's a real moment. And I kind of like, I kind of loved how realistically that was portrayed in a film that, you know, does have screaming goats in it and a rainbow bridge. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, it's- well, so, so when we were getting towards the finale, like that's when my fears started to kick in. Mm. And my fear was that, Gore was going to let it bring her back to life. Yeah, I had and that too. I and thought I, Gore was going to wish to bring her back to life. And I thought Gore was going to take over. The yeah, and and they didn't. Yeah, yeah. And, and part of part of her journey is having to, like, she knows that what she's doing is taking her out, and she mm. still chooses to go and do it. Yeah, and and it's all right for the main character mm. to also learn a lesson. Mm. So I don't think she's fridged at all. And yeah. also, the conversation that they have was the antithesis of what we saw in Spider-Man No Way Home where it was a very Which sincere one? speech when he says it's about love and I'm going to go back and I'm going to spend time because you've won and that's fine but that's what I've learned which was the difference between fucking Tom Holland calling her calling Dr. Strange Stephen and he says it's still too soon and there's the glib joke yeah, yeah. Right. and so yeah, yeah, yeah. they yeah. sat they sat in a sincere moment mm. which I and they were the two things I was worried about is he going to bring back her because I then think that does undercut the cancer story. Yeah. And then, secondly, if he if he if he if thought mm. had turned around and said, "You've just got to learn to be shitty," I would have gone, "Yep, there you go. There's that typical Marvel fucking glib yeah. comment right at a serious moment to undercut it." And it was sincere. But yeah. don't you think that she's brought back essentially at the end anyway? Like it is the it is the Marvel trick of. She died of cancer, but hey, she's not really dead. She's in Valhalla and she's going to team up with Heimdall and have adventures. That's kind of a, you know, for me, it was like, okay, Jane Foster has died. Like, you know, you say fridged, which is like someone acting on her and taking her out Mm. so someone can learn a lesson. Usually it's a murder Mm. or it's a, you know, something horrible happening. Like this, she's had agency in this moment. She's... She can stay in the hospital. I'll concede that. And have the chemotherapy and maybe, like it's stage four, she's going to die. a little bit longer. Yeah, live a bit longer. Have, you know, terrible quality of life, but some some extension of her life. Um, And who knows, you know, the the whole reason you do these things is because like something could be invented Mm -hmm. in the next six Mm -hmm. months and you'll be saved. Like, but so she's got a choice between doing that or going to help him. Uh, knowing that that will actually kill her. Yeah. Like using the hammer is going to kill her. And I thought, so yeah, her dying was of her own agency. Like that was a choice she made. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So I and, don't, and yes, he learns a lesson from it, but it was her decision, not his. And I also don't think the Valhalla thing is a cop out mm. because no. we heard Valhalla all the way through the movie. Like yeah. it's a, they talk about it yeah. all the time. Like, Sif's arm might yeah. be in Valhalla. <laughs> Sif's arm might be in Valhalla. You know, the other thing I think about that the Valhalla thing does is, so very early on in the movie, there's uh, an implication that 
you know, atheism is the correct way to go and that there is nothing on the other side. Even the gods say, oh, there's no special prize. Mm. So that ending is kind of like, uh, oh, no, your belief can can have a, a, a reason. After you, die. you can have a reason to believe in, in, in a laugh life yeah, because yeah, yeah. here is one. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, it's, I think it's, it feels more of a spiritual moment as opposed to uh, they've resurrected the character. It's mm, just like, mm, a, yeah, she didn't die for nothing. She yeah. she died in battle. She turned into that weird god dust shit. Like, as opposed to Jane Foster, the human who would have died of cancer and then just been buried. Yeah. She died as a god in battle and goes to Valhalla and that's... You're right. That is set up by Tessa Thompson earlier. Yeah, they yeah. have that conversation. Yeah, look, it's, yeah. It, 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 I find it, I, I think, beyond... Each individual interpretation of the film. I just think it's interesting when these issues are brought up in films. Yeah. yeah. The reactions that... Like, I went and saw Jojo Rabbit with Mum. I really enjoyed Jojo Rabbit. I enjoyed Jojo Rabbit as well. Again, I think... Taika Waititi really threaded the needle between ludicrous and fucking heartbreaking. And I thought so too, but Mum, who, you know... People not listen. People probably know, but my grandparents are in the Holocaust. Mum has a real issue with glibness or lightness or whatever you want to say, whatever word you want to use, surrounding that time. The Holocaust, yeah. Yeah. Especially Hitler, depicting Hitler as a buffoon or whatever. Yeah. Uh, She does like The Great Dictator, but that's a whole other thing. But Um, also also that wasn't Hitler. That was a kid's imaginary Hitler. Exactly. (laughs) But but mum could not square it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it didn't matter how much we talked about it afterwards. For her, it it wasn't an intellectual reaction. It was an emotional reaction. It was, I cannot deal with seeing him skipping through a field with Hitler eating unicorn heads and all the rest like it's too much oh yeah like once again like I understand your reaction I also I also think we share some of the same criticisms but you know like when like when I was a teenager and my grandfather had a heart attack and uh, mum and I saved him and it was really a full-on traumatic moment. Mm. And then three days later on video hits fucking uh, David Lee Roth's uh, uh, Just a Gigolo film clips on and at one point some guy's having a heart attack and in that moment I was like, that's too much. And then I was like... And then it was actually one of the first subconscious lessons of comedy which was he didn't do that to upset me. That was just my reaction in the moment. (laughs) I I had a similar one the other day watching The Boys and there was an episode where... There was quite a graphic kind of uh, recap of Butcher's childhood and his violent father and, you know, all of that shit. And, you know, that show's kind of over the top and stupid <laughs> and fun. Um, and, yeah, and I was really, like, it really kind of shook me and I had trouble sleeping and I woke up with a fright and got really angry. Really? And I was like, oh, wow, like, that is, you know, because that show's meant to just be, you know, Stupid anti-Marvel, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, so I think it is it, it is the feeling you're, you're taking into the cinema sometimes, you know, like you said earlier, like the situation you're in can really affect how you react to 100%. things. 100%. Yeah. And, and both of you know, I have no, nothing against using any hot button issue. Yeah. You know, my, one of my favorite comedy shows is Chris Morris's Jam. Yeah. Oh, hilarious. W- yeah. Which every sketch is based around a concept that you are not allowed, yeah. quote unquote, not allowed to joke about. Yeah, yeah. And I find it to be tonally one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen. 
I, I think so. My issue isn't like, oh, they had a character de- dying of cancer. Yeah, that yeah, doesn't, yeah. you know. I watched a, a, a Bergman movie three nights ago called Cries and Whispers, which is a woman dying of cancer for two hours, and it's yeah. horrific. And I thought it was brilliant. It was for me. It wasn't the use of that as a storyline. It was the tonal inconsistency that I found jarring. And again, it is just what you bring into the yeah, series, yeah, yeah. you know, which I think is the interesting thing yeah. to talk about. I was yeah. I was impressed that they went with that storyline because that I mean that's from the comic, mm. so it's you know it's not like it's unprecedented. It's not like you know Taika Waititi's gone. I'm going to make a cancer comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's also it, which, again, which which I think he could do. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure he could. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But it's also interesting that. Uh, you know, we've had enough of the uh, Phase 4 movies now and uh, the TV shows, I guess. I actually thought this was the most tonally correct. I thought this one really nailed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but and, also, I, and I was gobsmacked because, as I said, I was there were moments of fear that I was sitting there going, oh, oh this is, don't fuck this up, don't fuck that up. Yeah. But uh, I, Within everything you said, I agree that it should have been longer. Yeah. I think I think that if some of those scenes had had more time to breathe. Oh yeah, we needed more gore as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so yeah. weird. It's like the TV series feel like they go too long and the yes. movies feel like they're too short and it's like what is the what is the balance? Like yeah. where It's probably some fucking algorithm deciding, you know. Yeah. Cuz you know, I was reading the other day that the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show was envis- envisaged as three movies as a trio of films. Right. That were scrapped because no one went to see Solo. Well, right. no one enjoyed Solo. I think everyone went to see it. No, but it's the it's only the movie not to make money. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, there was meant to be a trio of Obi-Wan movies on the back of that and they turned it into the six-part series. Yeah. But, yeah, I was just like, oh. And it that also felt too long. Mm. Yeah. Like, I was like, why is this still going? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's... Uh, uh, I, go, I sent out a message to everyone on Patreon mm-hmm. uh, saying, if you see it, leave some things. And I haven't read any of these yet. So, okay, fun. Uh, so, uh, Steph Perino, very funny. I've got I've got the COVID until Monday, so I won't make it before the podcast, but can I still be a part of it, please? I'm super <laughs> excited to see the movie next weekend, though. I think I'm going to love the soundtrack. Taika hasn't let us down yet, and I suspect he won't. Can't be anywhere near as bad as Dr. Struggle and the Notiverse. <laughs> She gave it five future stars. Five so, future stars. So uh, good luck with that, Steph. I hope you get there. Oh, look, uh, man, I don't know if, it, if going to see it in COVID's okay. You might be exhausted by oh, the Yeah, yeah. I hope you're okay as <laughs> well, COVID's Steph. Horrible, Long right? COVID's not yeah, okay. It's not good. Yeah. Steph, make sure when you're coming out of COVID, uh, give yourself another week yep. before yeah. you do anything. Yeah. Or three if weeks. You can. Yeah. Uh, Patricia said, uh, honestly, it hit too close to home in some parts with Jane. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny and sad. I liked it. Christian Bale is great. Uh, Danny, his, uh, his three-point review, and in brackets he's written tight. Um, <laughs> little Tom Gleason respect there. He says, it's not a very good film. It felt like a bunch of Adam McKay-type skits that weren't funny with some mediocre action scenes and flashing colours. Why was Christian Bale even there besides, in brackets, besides collecting a paycheck? Totally <laughs> wasted. They could have put more... M- Put anyone in the makeup for that part. This is the last Marvel movie I think I'll pay to see at the cinema. There's too much other good media to spend my money on. What? Danny, if you've listened to me in the past, see you at the next film. Danny, uh, <laughs> I love you, Danny. Let's go to the movies together, buddy. Uh, I, I will say, like, I agree in part with the Christian Bale thing. I thought the opening, he was great. Like, the, you know, setting up his character, why 
he's so angry at gods, why he wants to oh, kill yeah. them. I thought that was great. But yeah, in the rest of the movie, it could have been like they, Christopher, they, they Christopher need... Eccleston in Thor 2. It's like, why is yeah. he there? Mm. Well, I, I think Bale gets more, definitely gets more than Eccleston. Like I really enjoyed the yeah. scene where he's terrorising the children. Mm. Yeah. Um, but just, it's Christian Bale. Like, give, him, give, give him three more monologues. Like to explore, like, you know, like you were saying, Ben, I completely agree with, you know, I want more of that because it's such a tasty There's thing so to discuss. Much, like, yeah. you know, like, but before you go on, did you guys ever read the Douglas Rushkoff series uh, Testament? No, no. It's so fucking good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's hugely flawed, but the idea is that it's the, uh, the old, old gods before mm. the Bible. Yeah. Uh, freaking out that the Bible has come along and that the less worshippers they have, the yeah, more they yeah, wane yeah. in power and the more they die. And they kind of indicated that right at the beginning when I can't remember the God that he, the first God that he yeah, killed. Yeah, the, the but he says, I'm running beard. out of worshippers. Yeah. The, the, that's the moment of death for a God. When yeah. no one is around to believe in them anymore, they die. So there could have been this whole thing of him converting people away from faith as well as killing gods like there's so yeah. much yeah but i think it. i mean the right. whole thing about the sword is that the sword possesses him and the sword just wants to kill god so yeah. it's it, that but that it's, kind of takes away from anything he was gonna do yeah like he becomes poisoned I, by the sword yeah. but, that, but that's what i mean like i feel like you know i would have been happy with another thor movie and that's kind of going on in the background and you know like let's have a little minor skirmish and then you know get Get the Guardians of the Galaxy. Let get let's get everyone. He's like a that's he, another thing. He's totally, a Thanos like totally. Villain. That's another thing. Like I I feel like the you know you would have had more time if they hadn't spent a good half an hour with the Guardians of the Galaxy blowing up the Crystal Palace. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. You know, there's there's so that which look I have to be honest, I found that pretty funny. Uh, yeah, but it was. It could have been five minutes. It could have been done with the Rock guy telling the story. Yeah. Hey, this is when he. Teamed up with the Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. bang, 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 into the actual, hey, we're dealing with cancer and the death of God. They're two pretty big, pretty yeah. big issues. But I guess that's the thing. Film. It's like if you go from that really bleak opening straight into Jane Foster. Yeah, you need you, you need like you need, you some need fun. that big kind of set piece. And I yeah. I get why it's there, but yeah, it mm. feels like that that's the time that we could have had back. <laughs> well, I wonder if, uh, you know, Taika, like, who knows the, the machinations of Marvel. Of course. But uh, I wonder if Taika got to the end of uh, Avengers Endgame and went, oh, fuck, now I have to write the Guardians into the next Thor movie. Because, yeah. you know, because continuity is everything when it suits them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will say with, um, you know, you saying things need to be expanded, things need to be... Like, Marvel are really in a sweet spot at the moment where they don't have to do that, where they can just rely on some asshole on the internet saying, what you didn't see in the movie. Now what this thing happened? Yeah. This guy over here, he was meant to be in the in the comic books. What, like, you know, they've got all that shit. Uh, yeah. 165 all... Easter eggs you didn't know you needed. Like that, oh. They've got all that. Like people explaining the ending of the film. Like the ending explained, it's like, if you need the ending explained, the so ending was not good. They so explain the ending of movies that don't need to be explained. Oh, no, I know. Oh, yeah, that's funny. They'll so, explain any old. So thing. I was, um, I recorded a <laughs> podcast with uh, Will Anderson for Fofop yesterday, and he was. Uh, you might not know this, Ben. Adam's across it. Will is notoriously not a visual person, so mm. he's heard every episode of Law and Order. Yeah. So <laughs> right, and so he's always doing something. So else. so Westworld. 
came back and, oh, and yeah, he yeah. Uh, it's been really good has it yep, yeah it's been I've great been, I've been enjoying it yep season three was a bit ropey yeah it was. Uh, I, don't, I, I actually disagree I don't okay. think it was ropey I think it took a swing and missed okay yes but I, that's why I went back for four because I'd rather a swing that misses than 100% yeah but um, so he watched the first episode and then he kind of got to the end and he was like, I don't really know what happened because I was too busy doing other things. So then he watched one of those seven minute explainers and then the second episode came up and he went, I'm really busy. So he watched the seven, sec- uh, seven minute explainer and then let the movie and then he just knew the bits to look up at. And uh, that's, that's how, how I watched Kenobi. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know right. everything that happened in Kenobi just from YouTube videos. <laughs> so funny. But he did, you don't but he, need that. No. <laughs> yeah. um, you can guess. <laughs> So, uh, so Danny, chock full of the fury about the movie. You, Andrew Danny. Palmer, I enjoyed it. I thought the jokes were mostly funny. There wasn't the standard Marvel massive overuse, brackets misuse of special effects. Yes. Uh, green screens accepted and the story was well contained. Uh, uh, did what the best Marvel movies do, in brackets in my opinion anyway. Andrew, it's okay. Don't worry about the caveats. This is I'm reading your opinion now. <laughs> By being a movie that is set in a wider universe but kept the story mostly in-house, I have lots of specifics, but all in all, I think it is among the best of the Phase 4 movies uh, so far. Miss Seven loved it, but she is e- relatively easy to please in this respect. Uh, Andrew, I think like that's good. The last thing you need is a seven-year-old being an arsehole. Um, <laughs> and also, my wife couldn't stop laughing at Russell in brackets, con, pro. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Did, 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 did he just watch Mark Mitchell videos before his scenes? Which is, Andrew, tell your wife, she is hilarious. A <laughs> oh, couple of days, he, it was a couple of days. I, I honestly think Nick Giannopoulos was. was the dialect coach. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I want to see. This is Wog Boy 4. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, I want to see Zeus in uh, Wogs in Olympus. <laughs> For people overseas, uh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> you what? should explain. Yeah, what? that means something different here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it means something different here, and Nick Giannopoulos copyrighted the word. Mate, I'm, really? Yeah. Do you not wow, know the that? First copywriting of a racial slur. So, so the uh, for people overseas, before they think we're being willy nilly racist, uh, the the W word for you has been. Uh, uh, What's the word? Uh, appropriated yeah. uh, by the Italians and Greeks back in the 80s, 90s and turned it into TV shows, etc. And that's what we're referencing. Look it up on YouTube before you cancel us. When I was eight years old, I got taken to Wagarama. Yeah, 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 yeah. I went to a taping of Acropolis Now. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was obsessed with Effie. Effie. I oh, man. Mary Custis yeah. just... <laughs> Is my cousin Jim here? Is he here? <laughs> yeah. It's funny stuff. Um, like I grew up like in Brunswick. Like I was surrounded by Greeks and Italians. Like I was one of yeah very I'll, few Anglo kids in my suburb. I was so. a, a, same in my suburb. Yeah. like I was the minority. Yeah, and all my mates were like Laz and Arthur Caritas. I remember Arthur Caritas in grade five when we were talking about racism, saying anyone calls me a wog, I just say yeah. You know what that stands for? World organized guy. <laughs> I mean, my surname's Delamata, so yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Can't get away with it, Delamata, Delamata. Um, so no uh, let's uh, no, no. Let's do, do. Should we continue? Yeah, yeah, no, keep going. Yeah, I love it. So um, Matt uh, has written. Firstly, I mostly enjoyed Love and Thunder. With all the Marvel movies, I've stopped picking them apart and lent into asking myself, "Am I having a good time?" Yep. If so, that's all I need. If they're better than that, great. However, the movie was more than a little uneven, which I mostly think was due to the heavy editing that went on. Yeah, I've four heard... editors, yeah, really? yeah. Four yeah. editors. Yeah. Four yeah. editors. Yeah. That's 
Well, that usually means that the film's not ready in time and they're scrambling. scrambling. Yeah, they're scrambling. Uh, I've heard the actors say they filmed quite a lot more than was mm-hmm. shown, and I suspect some extra scenes would have helped glue everything together. We're all on the same uh, wavelength yeah. with that. Uh, the tone was also shifting around manically. One minute it's a feel-good kid's adventure, then it's a medical drama, and the movie never really sat in any of these moments long enough to feel real, so he's more on your side there, Ben. Mm-hmm. Your the buddy. first Guardians had something similar going on, but that felt more earned. Positively, Rusty's accent work was superb and I love to see the kind of specificity in a big movie like this. And uh, I love the actor from the after credits scene and I'm glad to see a lovely man like him finding so much success. So, um, <laughs> Roy Kent. Oh. No, uh, so you don't watch Ted Lasso, do you? No, no. Oh, man. Brett Goldstein. Brett Goldstein is like one of the funniest guys uh, who's a writer. Who's, he was Zeus's son? Hercules. Hercules. Oh, Hercu- that's Hercules. That's Hercules. Oh. And so to see Brett Goldstein as Hercules was... Great. That was I, that was like that's one of the after credit scenes I've enjoyed the most because yeah. I did not know that was coming. I didn't know that was coming. And either. I was like, Brett Goldstein, he's a legend. <laughs> and he is funny okay. on Ted Lasso. He's a he's, here, re- he's there, he's every fucking he's, Roy Kent. He's a real <laughs> fucking at the end of his career footballer and he's really fucking grumpy and he's really cruel to kids and kids love him because they know deep down he's a softie. Oh, yeah, 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 kids love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, get away um, from me, you stink. Uh, <laughs> Matt also said I wish that the black and white sequence was longer. I enjoyed the black and white sequence and I yeah. love the flashes of colour as well. It's a bit Sin City, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you if you need a longer superhero black and white movie, there is a black and white version of the four hour Justice League Snyder cut. So yeah, oh. knock yourself out. Get, get, in, get into it, Matt. Um, as though that as though that film needed any more life sucked out of it. My God, yeah, all the colours also gone. So uh, there wasn't much colour in it to begin with. To be honest, we didn't think it was enough of a dirge. Yeah. Uh, some uh, more comments. Uh, Malk. Uh, lots of laughs. Thought Bale's bad guy almost gets sidelined after a big build-up intro, which we're, we're all on yeah. top of. Felt a bit disconnected in parts. Would still watch again. Insert Screaming Goat. And then Andrew, who we've heard from, wrote to Steve. Still kind of annoyed at how much the Screaming Goat trope made me laugh. It shouldn't be as funny as yeah. it was. Sidelining gore made him quite creepy, I thought, but it did feel like he didn't exist at times. See, that's the thing about comedy. You, you do something... And then you keep going until it's painful. But if you hold your nerve, yep, it, it becomes funny again. So it's you're allowed. Don't don't be annoyed at yourself, Andrew. That's what's called good work by Tiger. <laughs> there's, um, a, there's a great just as a sideline. If anyone's interested in that concept, there's a, I think it's a uh, Radio Lab episode mm-hmm. about the great why that psychologically happens. Yeah, yeah and it's yeah. based around the Kirsten Schaal routine. Um, Kirsten Schaal as a horse. I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever saw that. Where her and Kurt, I can't say his last name. They're on stage <laughs> for about 15 minutes, and they just sing a song with the repeated lyric, Kirsten Schall is a horse, yeah. gets gets more and more manic yeah. and more and more intense. And it goes for 15 minutes. Yeah. And it's one of those amazing routines where it's so funny. And then there's three minutes where you're just sitting there going, this is this the is worst annoying. thing I've ever seen. And yeah. then it's suddenly hilarious yeah. again. I, Radio Lab, Kirsten Schall is a horse. Uh, my, I think the film version of that would be uh, Tim Burton's Mars Attacks. Oh, so which good. is just relentless. Mm. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you're like, this is annoying and then it just kind of keeps going and keeps going it builds and the first time i saw it in the cinema i didn't actually laugh mm. out loud until tom jones started singing it's not unusual <laughs> right. which is the end the credits end yeah. and i was like i then i and i laughed all the way through the credits i just sat there crying with laughter yeah, like it had been cumulative yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jay Daniel uh, wrote very disconnected story elements, but great fun both times. Some people have written, I'm going to see it soon. That does not help me. Come on, Ryan Moore. 
get back to me now. Uh, <laughs> Timothy, I loved it. Bale's character was genuinely scary at points. The young kid in front of me conveniently needed the toilet every time the monster came out of the shadows. Is that what was happening to you, Ben? Anyway, he needed a... I did go for a ben, piss break ben, three times. Uh, three ben, times. It was ben. more to sigh loudly outside yeah. the cinema door, so I didn't... I'm going to say, I did love the monsters. Like, the shadow monsters were great. I thought the shadow monsters were great, too. Uh, so, he says that... Any, uh, Bale needed a lot more screen time. Maybe a 10-minute montage of him slaying gods would have made him more of a threat. Yeah. Nice work, Timothy. Yeah. What? That's that great. That is something that I would... Speaking of expanding this out a bit, yeah. how fucking good would it have been in that Hall of Gods if yeah. we'd gotten like a full-blown god smackdown with yeah. like, you know, crazy gods from all different cultures coming out, not just yeah. fighting, you know, random soldiers and yeah. stuff, but, yeah. you know... No, no, I totally agree. Oh, that's a, that's awesome. That could have been an everything, everywhere, all at once yeah. kind of experience. so many crazy gods. Or even, yeah. even good if, work, you know, they, they got to that crazy hall of gods and, you know, there's all these empty chairs and as they're walking around, you know, they hear stories of like, oh, yeah, Gore came for me and then we have a flashback of him killing those gods yeah, in the flashback. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I think they're... That that is a, a a very a very astute observation that we could have done with more rather than just hearing about Gore yeah. killing other gods. Yeah. I remember um, Mitch and Troy at All Star Comics mm. down in Melbourne. Shout out to our dudes down there. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, Mitch for uh, I think when um, the f- the third Tobey Maguire Spider Man movie was coming out said, "Oh, how good it would have been if we'd had a credit sequence where we just saw." Flashes of Spider-Man taking out the Scorpion, mm-hmm. Spider-Man taking out yeah. Electro. Like, and so you go, man, he's been busy, you yeah, know. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. It was, and uh, it's always stuck with me. It's like, yeah, I wish someone that would be cool. Um, that's that's you know what's this is this is where I think someone needs to hire Zack Snyder to do the pre-credit sequence, right? Because he'd do a <laughs> great does. one. Yes. Like the the pre-credit sequence of of Watchmen, Watchmen is amazing. Yeah, great. Yeah, and much of you know, Justice League feels like a pre-credit sequence. Yeah, mm. like, Zack Snyder's pre-credit. Yeah, and the rest of the movie by Taika Waititi. Like seriously, <laughs> like, Snyder's all moments. He's great with yeah. moments. Yeah, like get him to do like a, a montage yeah. of yeah. moments yeah. to bring to start your next movie. Or even like I imagine, like you know, imagine the directors of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse doing the montage of gore, yeah. tearing through yeah. gods. Like you don't yeah. even need much. You just need yeah. ten seconds with each one. You yeah. know, yeah. Krishna's multi arms coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, I agree. Crazy I, I love that idea, Timothy. He also loved the Stormbreaker jealous lover jokes and the that black and white funny. cinematography in the final battles. Dean Larson says, don't forget to stay for post-credit scenes. And it's like, thank you, Dean. There's only been 110 movies. I'm across it. But anyway, sorry, Dean. Uh, Dean, don't let Justin bully you. (laughs) I do appreciate it, He's a proper nerd. He's the kind of nerd that if he ran a comic shop, no one would go because he's so mean to them. Yeah. (laughs) Like David Bowie, check out Ziggy Stardust. Um, Sorry, Dean. I appreciate the comment. Thank you, mate. You are the comic book nerd from uh, no, I'm Simpsons. Not. No, I'm actually really fit and look fucking great. So I'm not. I'm actually not. I look really good for my age. In spirit. In a tricky has I'm no too. need for a medium sized belt. Yeah. I've already worked out what my saying for 50 is. What's that? Too fit for 50. That's what it is. Um, and then Justin Anderson wrote uh, <laughs> another, this is great, entertaining but with a number of issues. Bale was brilliant at uh, Gore, but for me, not enough of him in the movie. Yes, 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 yes. You agree with all of us. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot, a lot of jokes. Some really landed for me. I, we don't eat kids anymore. Forgot that. Oh, that was funny. Uh, some didn't. Sis, I'm going to Valhalla. Come on, Justin Anderson. That was oh, fucking that was hilarious. The best. I love that. And the way she was fu- Anyway, come on, Justin Anderson. And you know, and you know it was like... Like in in a character beat moment, like Thor says it as if to go, like he's just trying to comfort her. He's like, "Well, yeah. maybe your arm's already there." Yeah, he's an idiot. Like yeah. it's, it's like telling someone that their dog's in the farm. Like yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the Asgardian version. I, I will say, I my one my one huge criticism, and this is maybe from after watching Spiderhead on the Netflix, is I feel like I feel like Hemsworth is. Right at the edge of his ability. Okay, uh, hang on, hang on, yes. hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, 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 yes. wait, wait. Let it's me like just finish. See the wait, strings. let me just finish uh, Justin's stuff. So, uh, in general, just too many jokes for him. He much preferred the balance and how humor was used in Thor Ragnarok, which he loved. Crow Zeus took me back to the comedy company and Con the Fruiterer. Very yes. funny. Uh, really liked the. Um, Choice of the uh, Shadow Realm visuals, and he always enjoys hearing Guns N' Roses. So, uh, thank you for all those comments. I really appreciate that. Um, so, I I thought I thought he was pretty good in this, and I think it's because of Natalie Portman. Yeah, she's amazing. Like she's she's made him better by being in scenes with him. Yes, but he's because she is like every time I see Natalie Portman in a movie, I have a moment where I'm like, fuck, like. When I think of like really good actors that I really enjoy all the time, why do I forget Natalie Portman? I think it's because she subsumes herself into these roles yeah. that you can. It's like, oh yeah, but she was really great in this, and she was oh, really great in this. To the point where, did you hear the like, Taika Waititi's been telling this anecdote about because he's meant oh. to be directing a Star Wars movie, yeah. and when they were making this, he's like, oh, I'm doing the, a Star Wars movie. Do you want? Do you want to be in Star Wars? She's like, I've been in Star Wars. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Really fun. I'm Princess Leia's mum. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But um, sorry, I forgot those movies were so memorable. I'm Luke's mother. Well, <laughs> so you know, we were we were talking Mary earlier. Darth Vader, man. <laughs> this is this is why when people say they're just kids' movies, and you say you know, but they have to be good because yeah. now what's happened is the kids who grew up who thought the prequels were good are now making Kenobi. Yes. Mm. And, you know, the creators before that were reading fucking Shakespeare and, and, and Moorcock and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so, can you imagine what the movies are going to be in another 15 years? Uh, My God. I know they'll, they'll be good because people, yeah, because people will have been watching things like Fargo and, you know, yeah. they'll be, I've been watching great television. Yeah, TV's going to be made. TV will be good. I think yeah, that's why but I then they'll be like, it'll be like, oh, we, we can't give you, you know, 10 episodes or 20 episodes. We can give you an hour and a half. And they'll be like, cool. 
Cool. I'll this make, will be great. I'll make the best thing I can possibly make in an hour and a half. So, It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, the Chris Hemsworth trap. Yeah, I so spy. I enjoyed Spiderhead, and a lot of people didn't. Is this a film or a series? It's a film on Netflix right. with um, Miles Teller and Journey Smollett, and it's great. Um, the delightful Ben Knight is in it. <laughs> he has no dialogue, bless him, <laughs> but he's impressive in a suit. Um, but yeah, it's. But Chris Hemsworth is playing a scientist, which is you know like Denise Richards playing. Uh, <laughs> A nuclear physicist in James Bond. You know how you know how they know he's smart. Yeah. He wears glasses. Oh, he wears glasses. sure. Yeah. And he plays the uh, like the song "They Blinded Me with Science." Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> just so we know that he's a scientist. Um, but yeah, he's. I think there's like he's great at the comedic stuff in this. Like I think he's maybe a little broad in some moments, but just there are a couple of the more intense scenes where he that he had with Natalie Portman, where it's like. You are you are not. You're a home and like, away actor, but also they would have done hundreds and hundreds of takes, mm. and she's obviously nailed all of them, and he's fine. Mm. Like, I thought he was pretty good in the sincere moments, like, and I'm, yeah. uh, I, but I think it's probably you know it's as much as he can manage, maybe, but you know, like people can always improve. But I, I thought he was, yeah, but like, he's, had, uh, he's had he's been playing this role for like ten years, was, yeah, but he hasn't really had proper. Like sincere moments, like he gets in this. No, his like, mum died. Had, yeah, his mum died. Yeah. Uh, Loki died several times. He chopped yeah, off fucking funny. chopped off Thanos's head. Yeah, that was great. Was full of regret. Yeah, but that's but that's also a he's in a fat suit. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there is yeah. you know, I feel like I, I know it's. I thought there was a limit to even the comedic side of his performance. You know, it's 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 that it's that trick that you see one too many times. Yeah, you know, yeah. like with Melissa McCarthy, you know, bursting out as Hella. It was like. Here she is oh, doing so, the Melissa McCarthy yes, thing. So th- thank you for bringing that up. You know who I reckon they missed her surefire bet getting? Who? Nicole Kidman. Yes. Oh, yeah. It should have been Nicole Kidman. Because yes. everyone, like Matt Damon is for Hiddleston. Yes. And Hemsworth is for Hemsworth. And it should have been Kidman for Blanchett. Yeah, Blanchett. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. As soon as she was coming out, I was like, please let it be Nicole Kidman. Please let it be Nicole yeah. Kidman. Or, yeah. you know, Naomi Watts. Or, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know. There's a certain type of comedic acting where once you see it, three films, four films, five films, because yeah. essentially, you know, he's doing the same trick in the Ghostbusters movie, mm. you know, I mean, I know it's a different type, but you know, it's that kind he's of- He's not like, very good in that either. Handsome, dumb, funny man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's, it's that thing of like, oh, this is the scope of your range and it's good, mm. but I'm not- as charmed I, by it when yeah. that sudden turn happened. I've got to say, on the, on the other hand, unlike, um, you know, like Miles Teller, who has worked his butt off to look amazing in Top Gun. Everyone and he's I great know is creaming over oh, that totally. fucking shirtless scene. Yeah, I'll just him in general, since he's buffed up, it's like, oh, what's happened to Miles Teller? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm overall funny. <laughs> no, no. The mustache, the genetic mustache that he inherited from his dad and everything. <laughs> really weird like he's got like, a he's got a whole new swagger yeah and like i watched all of um the offer and loved him uh and even though he wears too much makeup in it um but yeah like i think on the other hand of like if chris hemsworth was a better actor he probably wouldn't be as spectacularly fit as he is in that nude scene and i'm like well i would trade the shit acting for that because that ridiculous. was amazing yeah, he, he looks yeah, he looked amazing ridiculous like like oh i'm i nearly applauded I dilated to eight centimetres. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 
You, you, you didn't hear that, Ben? I heard it. <laughs> that must have been when I was out taking a piss break. I also love like the little, the little, the little joke about his dick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it looks like a shy courgette. Yeah. <laughs> So funny. Just a stupid little gag. <laughs> yeah. Is that Top Gun Maverick movie as good as everyone says? It is great. It's really good. Is it really? Yeah. It's really good. I'm scared of seeing it now because everyone's told me how amazing it is. Oh, well, it's, but it's also, once again, it's like from the start, mm. I knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I, yeah, of course. It's but no, no, no. But normally that can be annoying, but they do it so well mm-hmm. and it is... It's done with a sincerity. It is done... Uh, the humour in it is quite yeah. solid. There's actually a genuinely sincere, like, like emotional moment with a certain character, which mm-hmm. you kind of go, oh, that actually, that's actually really something. Tom's great. Tom's amazing. Tom's he's, fucking great, man. He's I always Tom's great. Tom Cruise is great. He, uh, if, if you don't like Tom Cruise, you, you just... You can't bear him. But for me, I... He's I don't think he's awesome, and it's all practical effects. Like, yeah, but that's except why. for Tom Cruise's hair because he is sixty. Uh, Unbelievable! <laughs> he's not got a single grey hair right, on his head. Cool. Cool. But it's also uh, it's it's fun. Well, what I was going to say about Tom Cruise is he's CGI. It, for me. For me, he is solid in good movies, which allows up me to enjoy other people around him, and I just know he's going to be the baseline that mm. everything goes around. When he took his shirt off. Yeah. It's the opposite of, like, you know, when Brad Pitt took his shirt off in yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and he looked like a guy who's been helping his mates move house every weekend for the last 16 years and it's impressive. And he took his shirt off and you go, I don't know what Xenu is pumping into you, but that doesn't look quite right. <laughs> this is Uncanny Valley shit now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But then you get Miles Teller and it's all fine. I've, yeah. seen, I've seen the gif of him dancing. That's, that's all. That's the only shirtless scene you see him in. God, I work with a couple of women. Yeah, they get all flushed just talking about he's it. Just, yeah. this, he's charming. And he's, yeah, yeah. he's really good. He's yeah. a really, really good actor good. and he looks, he looks great. And uh, he's not perfect as well. Yeah, like he, he kind of looks like a guy you might know. Yeah, you know, which See, is, that's the that's the most attractive. Yeah, but yeah, he because he's in Spiderhead with Hemsworth, and you're like, like he's acting rings around him pretty much. Yeah, like right. he's got a harder job to do. Like his character is more, you know, kind of uh, tortured. I I forget who it was, but someone said to me they uh, one of the th- they didn't enjoy Top Gun, and they just said, "Oh, the CGI really put me off." And I was like, "It's, it's, what, it's not CGI. It's not CGI." But it's almost like people are so yeah, conditioned. Yeah, yeah. As I, I know that was all practical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was Gary pointed out a CGI scene, and I'm like, "Yeah, that I reckon that you're right about that one." Is the um at the oh, I don't want to say it because it's a spoiler. But there's a moment where people are standing around in a field. Oh yeah, and yeah, and yeah, planes yeah. fly over. Yeah, and you're like, "Oh yeah, they're not." Well, really that's there. probably that possibly planes flying over, and then they've done the scene and married the two. Maybe, yeah. maybe. But maybe. anyway, but all that stuff, it's it's. Exhilarate if if you're going to see it, might as well try and see it on a big screen. I think it's done. I think no, it's still on. Uh, it's still going. Really? Yeah, it's all right. It's yeah. still there. Right. Let's yeah. go and see it in the bouncy chairs. I'll go and see it. I really want to see I wanna, it. I want to. I want to. I want like because I missed out on seeing June in the bouncy chairs, and I oh, really June wanted. In the bouncy chairs. I wanted horrible. Timothy Chalamet's spooky voice to really vibrate right <laughs> through my coit. Thank, 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 thank God we didn't go to that speak. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson telling you to bring the glass. And yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> so there were uh, three three shout outs to things that I love. 
two are obvious mm-hmm. and one is uh, not necessarily a deliberate thing, but something that reminded me of something that made me really happy. First of all, shout out to Interstellar. Well done. Thank oh, you I heard much. you fucking you, jizz when that yep, happened. That I was did. so good. I said, great. And she said, you should see all of his movies. I said, I'm on your side, Jane Foster. <laughs> Second was uh, a little taste of Sofia Coppola at the end. Remind me. She whispers her. Um, we ah, don't. We don't get to hear yeah, what her sure. uh, catch cry is, yeah, and sure. uh, and when he says, you know, it's the best one yet. You know, so that was a little, yeah. little lost in translation. Yeah. The kids all getting powers reminded me of the end of Morrison's JLA, where the whole world oh, gets empowered yes, yes, and yes. and go into battle and have agency as yeah. well. I really, I really dug that. A lot. I yeah. thought it was great. I loved that he gave his powers, even whispered just for a little while, and yeah. Yeah. and I really enjoyed that little girl holding up a, a, a magic <laughs> rabbit to take down <laughs> black creatures. And I, I that felt to me like um that was a that felt like an eighties kind of kid uh, wish fulfillment. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I liked it as well. And those and I liked all the stuff with the kids. Uh, I thought they were they weren't bratty. You know, they were mm-hmm. in their situation. Oh. Like I thought the lead kid was great. I thought it was really, oh, good. Was the, really the, good. The 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 son of Heimdall. Yeah, yeah. He was awesome. Yeah. I really thought he was great. The son, uh, the, the son, the daughter of Gore. Whoa, that was a bratty fucking child. Oh, I thought yeah. that was one of the most charmless child performances I've ever seen. At the end of the At film. At the end. Yeah. Ugh. One of the most charmless. But yeah, but but that stage, you were jizzing hate. So <laughs> I was. Uh, I was. Yeah. Your black semen was oh, remember, all she's... over the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Not at that scene. He's <laughs> <laughs> having a hate wank up the back. I, well, I, I wish sounds I, like a tautology to me. I wish I hated it. I was just exhausted, guys. I was just exhausted. Look, you know what? It no, was... don't go back on. Like, uh, I think you make some good points. No, I'm no, not, yeah. like, I don't. I don't. But I don't no, disagree. I didn't love it. I no, don't, no, I don't no, think no, it's no. amazing. I'm, like, it's enjoyable and it's entertaining. It was the. I think also the other thing, and it comes back to full circle to what we've talked about a lot. It was mm. also the apotheosis of me just kind of sitting there going, "These aren't for me anymore. Yep. I'm done. I've seen the trick." 30 times now, this is, you know, had I seen this one five movies ago, probably would have enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah. It just felt, again, like, here we are again, here we are. As we said during the Doctor Strange thing, when the, when the Thor will be back comes on, it's like, oh, yeah. this is in- increasingly becoming a threat. Yeah, and it's, I, like, I don't understand that that little reveal, that text reveal at the end of things. I'm like, why is that there? Like, Does I know he have they, to come back? They used to do it, like it comes from the James Bond oh, films yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. where they had a book that they were going to adapt. Absolutely. Back in the old days. It's yeah. like, oh, James Bond will return in The Spy Who Loved Me. And you're like, oh, cool, that's exciting. Yeah. Weird, because that's the one that um, he didn't want them to adapt ever. So I don't know why I brought that one up. Um, <laughs> and they didn't. Like, Really? Yeah, they just adapted. They, they used the name, but the story they've okay. never adapted. Because um, he said no. Why didn't he want that one adapted? I don't know. I've got it. Like I've got this ancient hardcover of it. It's just like it's a really small story. Yeah, sure. Um, it's just him and this woman in a motel, kind of under fire. Like it's a really that could be a really interesting movie. Yeah, it'd be great. A little chamber piece. Um, but yeah, he didn't want it adapted for some bizarre reason. Anyway, that's where it comes from. But it's like. Don't don't tell me just Thor will return. Like, give me some, you know, give me a reason to want Thor to return. Yeah, yeah give me Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the, like the ending of the film obviously is, you know, oh Thor's going to return. 
with his, you know, with this new charmless who's child. eternity in the body of a little kid, which is a strange. I don't understand how that works. Right. Like, Wasn't she just a little kid? Didn't Eternity just bring her back? And no, no, no she was, had the eyes. Yeah, because in the reflection, Eternity was in her yes. shape oh, in the yes, water. Sorry, yes, you're and right. And then too. she has yeah. like superpowers, and yeah. so she's got the big axe thing, and she's yeah. got purple vision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Purple laser vision. Make, make, make the next film a lone wolf and cub. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going. Oh, into, fucking. That would be fun. Do you know um, what I've been can, reading lately? Oh, yep. Go is on. um Yusagi Yojimbo? Oh, is that good? Is that the yeah, rabbit? It's really cute. That's the rabbit. Yeah, right? the rabbit with his ears tied into a top knot as a samurai. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's. I've been really I've into eighties comics lately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, uh, we haven't mentioned Tessa Thompson, who I'm always a fan of. I mm. think she's got deceptive range. Like everything I've seen her in is I'd, different. Uh, yeah, I. I every now and again I was getting annoyed at her accent, and I was like, just stop trying so hard, like. <laughs> You're a really good actor. You don't need to stretch this far. Listen here, mate. Like, name goats. It's the same with bloody Carl Urban's accent in The Boys. I'm like, just let leave it alone. That <laughs> accent in The Boys it's is too rough. Yes. I'm Billy the Butcher, mate. Yeah. He's another one who's right at the edge of his limits and yep. probably a step further than he can possibly go. Yep, yep, yep. Like, you know, like, like when John Noble turned up as his dad and I was like, oh, man, this has been a bad move. Like, he can actually act. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are <laughs> you joining The Boys? Yeah. Season three. I haven't seen season three yet. And oh, no, that's in se- John Noble turns up in season oh, two. Okay. Right. Anyway. Um, and I figure let's... Uh, so, we'll finish off with... Um, so, hang on. Just uh, some of the reviews. Mm. So, so what was interesting? I don't know if you heard, but Ben said, "Ah, oh, everyone's going to love this, and I'm going to be the minority." Uh, I don't like Rotten Tomatoes, but just for convenience' mm. sake, sixty-eight percent. Oh, on, that's uh, very surprising. So the so we won't go into just. I'll just read the start of some of the reviews. Uh, this is actually one that's saying it's good. But it's uh, Taika Waititi seems to be still finding his footing with this franchise and it may take him directing another film to find the right balance for these Asgardian heroes. Uh, Leonard Moulton. Everyone is entitled to a misfire now and then and that includes the gifted Kiwi performer and filmmaker most responsible for Thor Love and Thunder. It's a scattered affair that at a certain point is played as out-and-out comedy. Uh, Nick Shager, uh, top critic, The Daily Beast. YTD's Marvel superhero sequel to Thor Ragnarok features an imposing new villain, Christian Bale, but it's too crammed with one-liners and glitzy set pieces. Uh, Anna Pulma Chopra from Film Companion. A tender love story, a solid villain, a spaceship pulled by goats. Taika Waititi has packed a lot into the latest addition to the MCU. Unfortunately, it's not enough. Uh, yeah, so it's into... Um, yeah, it's interesting. So there's a lot mm. of uh, here's a good review. Bale's performance is the standout of the of this film, but ultimately, Thor: Love and Thunder is an overly vivid and tonally uneven comedy filled with unearned moments that comes nowhere near its predecessors. So, I do. So wonder, you're actually in the majority. Yeah. Well, I just I do wonder if the I do wonder if the cancer thing is just a bummer. Like like I said earlier, it is a like you know <laughs> to, to to evoke that in the first ten minutes of. 
you know, it's like when you, uh, do you remember when you used to go to the cinema and just before the movie would start, they'd have some kind of skin cancer ad and you'd <laughs> zoom into the person's yeah, yeah. skin and the melanoma's growing tentacles. It's like, yeah. man, I came here to fucking forget about cancer oh, that's and right. life and death. Proper and hypochondriac. And it's yeah, just like, it's like, yeah. and you're slamming this into my face before a fucking fun comedy movie or something. I just wonder if that is happening because I'm very surprised by those, the, the, the negative re- or you know i mean also reviews. maybe it's you know the again like the, the their relationship when they they have the flashback of how they were together and then they broke up kind of thing mm. and even even in those scenes portman is totally there and sometimes emsworth seems not to be in that relationship um, well, it's funny. Like, there's a, there's a specific scene when you say that that I think of, which we both laughed at, but I think it's because of Portman when she says she's got to go off, and he says, "I'll do the cleaning up." And then the way she snaps back, it's two plates. Yeah, um, but that's her. That's her. Yeah, it's like, um, have you seen? Have you seen? Is it Bad Neighbors or the one with Rose Byrne? Oh yeah, and Zac Efron. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah. There's a scene. She is. She funny. is so Rose, good in that. Rose Byrne should have come out as healer. Oh, Rose Byrne mm. as love healer her. would have been amazing. She's, yeah. yeah. But yeah, like she does a similar thing where they're talking with their neighbours about someone breaking into the house um, and the neighbours like, oh yeah, we saw it. And she goes, you didn't fucking tell her. <laughs> she just yeah. gets really angry. Yeah. It's like, yep, yeah, that's the... Uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so interesting uh, experience. You know, I also... Uh, I would say that because I was out after Doctor Strange, you know, Potentially, I enjoyed this film more because you were yeah. out. You were like, done. I'm completely out. So, uh, I also think this movie is is not in that in that crazy um, continuity. Like, yes, it has the Guardians of the Galaxy in it, yeah. but you know, we've seen they've been on lots of adventures, so their film could come anywhere. Yeah, in this you know milieu. Yeah. Um, also, I think because they leave probably leave James Gunn and Taika Waititi alone as much as possible. Yeah. Because they're mm. they're confident with what they're going to deliver. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems kind of divorced from all the other stuff that we've got going on, like the weird Scarlet Witch thing that's happening. Yeah. The well, the, the Kang multiverse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The stuff that's well, going on on the well, telly. What, what, one of the things that I've complained about with the Marvel movies is that they don't explore, like you know, the blip happened and everyone just seems to be getting about their business, like nothing oh, they happened. Had, they had but twenty this... minutes of depressed people at the start of Endgame. That's enough. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it really was. Yeah, but but they haven't done anything about that. That, that was fine. They haven't yeah. done anything about the people who came back like no. there's all these stories that they could explore and if you don't if you tell me continuity is important then you don't follow it through that's when you get annoyed but what yeah. i liked in this was that the new asgard was fleshed out people are visiting people yeah. are checking it out so i i like that world building there but uh to to wrap it up so it's funny i, I thought it was good mm. like i don't want anyone like i wasn't thinking it was magnificent oh, not amazing but i thought it was good yeah where were you uh yeah, it's you know I'm I'll happily watch an entire season of Grey's Anatomy, only eight episodes of which are actually any good. Oh my god! Well, we can't ask you, but <laughs> <laughs> and, but yeah, it's entertaining. Like, and I will say the music is great. Like the constant riffing on Guns and Roses, hilarious. Mm. I really enjoyed. Um, and Michael Giacchino reworking that ridiculous Marvel fanfare that the fanboys went crazy for when we went to see Doctor Strange. I love Oy. that he re- reworked that as if it was being played by Slash. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
I'm like, yes, this is perfect. I'm, you've you've set the tone right at the top, and I'm mad for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun. It's stupid. If you yeah, if you don't expect too much from it, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. But yeah, I will. I will agree that on some level that yeah, tonally it's it's a it's a bit schizophrenic. Right. It's, you know, because it's so great in those down moments and it's so silly in those silly moments that sometimes yeah, like it becomes a bit overwhelming. Like as I said, I just like I, and uh, everyone's said the same thing. It's like give us more of Christian Bale. Yeah. Mm. Like he's so good. Uh, look, and it's such a like like it's, it, uh, where's my 10 part TV series of Christian Bale and uh, Russell Crowe trying to avoid one another <laughs> yeah 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 he's so good and the concept is so interesting yeah that there was there, there, yeah I could have done with a lot more of that yeah yeah I'd love to have explored that more yeah. like it just you know there's your big bad don't Try and do all this Kang shit, like yeah. you know. We could have, yeah. And then you know, if you if if you plan, like I would prefer to Phase Four, where he's popping up everywhere, taking gods out, and then by the end of it, we get a full Fifth World Jack Kirby esque situation where the heroes take Gore down, and now they're elevated. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. It, it, yeah, it definitely feels like they've they they have wasted a character that could have been huge. Yeah, but, but you know what? Because Gore's a recent character, and they're oh, relying. Right. Yeah, yeah. That that run is like only. That's what oh, I was. I just that's, assumed that's, that he was no. old school. No, no, no. That's what I was saying to you before. It, I that was the last kind of one of the last monthlies I read before COVID. No, I yeah. knew I knew that he was uh, used. Recently. Yeah, no, no. I just oh no, but that that's was, what I, was, I just assumed he was like. No, a no, no. That's no, Jason. No, no. Jason right. Aaron okay. started that run, introducing that character, and then right. okay. yeah. So yeah. that's only in the last ten years. So it's like yeah, they're. They're big bads because of the way they've set things up are always crazy legacy characters right. from the 60s right, right, who've right. been through the ringer yeah. 14 times. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, that, they were never going to have anyone recent as the big bad. So, we've got good from me, fine from you, the worst thing you've ever seen. Definitely not the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> definitely not the worst thing I've ever seen. Well, I was not having a good time, but that's fine. It's, you know. Was it as bad as the Rob Schneider directed Big Stan? <laughs> Never seen Big Stan. <laughs> yeah. that's, my, that's my low bar for worst film of all time. No, no, no. It, it's, it's not even in the top 100 worst films I've ever seen. Yeah. No, no, no. We, it just, it just, it, 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 as I said, it, it it was the manifestation for me of something. You know when you've known something for a very long time and yet you keep returning to the world? Yeah. I have known for about 15 movies that these movies are not for me. They yeah. are just yeah. not for There's a re- I used to go and see them with my best friend all the time mm. and he loves them because he's a Marvel guy since yeah. he was a child. Yeah. And around the endgame... Po- I volunteered to stop going with him because I didn't want to be the guy shitting in the punch bowl for yeah. him. And I've, so I've known for a long time. That's all I felt today where I was just sitting there yeah. going, I, I just don't... There's I, nothing in there's it There's nothing here you. for me anymore. And that's okay. Yeah. I don't resent people for liking them. They're just not for me. So, Adam, you and me, Black Panther, Wakanda forever. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll go and see that. Yeah, well, right. We'll Is that say, the next we'll say, one? We'll say I'm out of the club. Bang. Is that the next one? Well, you just one? said you didn't want to do it. You don't <laughs> want to do it anymore. You just said. That's such typical of me. I don't want to see anymore. Oh, you're not going to invite me anymore? <laughs> right, well. <laughs> Mate. We'll get you a ticket. 
and we'll record a podcast. Oh. The people demand it. Yeah, if they de- if they demand the rage, I'll, I'll be here. <laughs> what uh, is that? The next one that's coming out? Yes, right. When's and that? I, uh, that will be. I think that is November. So we've got a bit of time to breathe. <laughs> November. That's, that's the other thing that's happening with like in the so in the the first phase of the Marvels, like the end credit sequence teased the next film. Mm. So yes. You know, you would like, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm in the desert because there's some sort of hammer that's fallen here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is Thor. Yeah. Like, whereas the last few, there's been, here's the thing in the end credits, there's something coming. In oh, five years' time. In, here's the thing in the end credits, there's something. It's like, we've seen none of those things that have been at the end credits. Yeah. Harry Styles hasn't turned up. Yeah. Like, none of those things have turned up. Yeah. Like, where are they all? Yeah. Like yeah, like where what, are they? What are they teasing? Which 14, I, fil- fourteen other films? That yeah, I can't sit through all. Which those. is what I think also is, uh, psychologically aiding that feeling of exhaustion. Yeah, yeah. where this 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 feeling of this never ending kind of like oh god, like I, I really think if they scaled it back and you know there was some kind of hint to Black Panther, you would be like oh sweet, that's in a few months. Yeah, yeah. not uh, that that's going to be in twenty twenty five. Will society even be? Functioning in yeah. 2025? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's really nebulous. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? yeah. It's like yeah. this Brett Goldstein just signed up for that one scene and mm. maybe they're going Hercu- to... I mean, look, I'm hoping Hercules turns up in the She-Hulk TV series and they patch like they do in the comics. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you nerd. <laughs> Man, I, I, I don't know what they're basing it on, but if they're basing it on the, the Charles Sewell run, uh, where, yeah. like, that would be, I, you know... Well, he was that. basically writing The Good Wife, but with like a giant green lawyer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which was, you know, The Good Wife is great because it's funny yeah. and really dramatic. And yeah. it's really good at the pendulum swinging. That's the other thing I think in this one, like the, I think, you know, with the pendulum, if you're going to swing all the way over into that that level of comedy, when it swings back to pathos, it's got to swing all the way back. Yeah, but I feel like the, it only swung a little bit back into the pathos. Yeah, right. In Thor, like, yes, she's dying of cancer, but it it could have gone further. Like, we could have had bigger, meatier scenes, and Portman yeah. could do them. But I don't know that Hemsworth could, and also don't know that that Watiti's great at writing them. Yeah, like maybe he jumps out too early. Yeah, like other other Marvel writers jump out way earlier than he does. Way earlier. But yeah, I feel like there's you know. They need like a um, like Alvin Sargent who wrote the the first couple of Spider Man movies just really knew how to weigh yeah. in on the pathos before getting to any kind of comedic oh, beats. If you're going to take the audience to that place, yeah, and evoke those memories or even real time experiences, mm. the the next laugh that comes needs to be like in a great stand up routine. If you take the play, it needs to be that tension release laugh, not just. <laughs> Yeah, like, it, need, yeah. it needs to be a terms of endearment joke. Absolutely. It needs to be a hit Weezer from yeah. from Steel Magnolias. Absolutely. It needs to be. You need to go all the way over there to yep. that really dark place, yeah. and then you need to swing all the way back. And then we can return to screaming goats. But you yeah. need to. You need to. If you're going to take me there, you know, like I, I, yeah. I was thinking, like, what if there's a kid here whose mum's dying of cancer right now, and they're and like, fuck, I just came to the Marvel movie, and now I'm looking at someone dying of stage four cancer. Yeah, like, like I think, I think the the. The vending machine destruction was potentially it, but I think oh, someone's invented a fridge without a door wasn't a strong enough joke totally. for that moment. Like it needed that needed to be a funnier absolutely bit. Like because it was 
Yeah, it was potentially like there was a funny gag in there, yeah. but that wasn't pa- it. The, the pathos is the is the key to it. There was, but the, again, yeah. you know, they're trying to do so many things in this movie. They don't have time to sit around oh, and, and spitball. What's the best line for that? Once again, like the, weirdly, give us another half hour. Yeah. yeah, give us another half hour to sit in it. You yeah. know, and I would argue if you don't have time, then. Pick yeah. and choose what you're going to evoke. Well, who, but if if uh, I apologise for whoever wrote it, I've closed that uh, page. But if they if they cut out a whole lot of stuff that was filmed, oh like, yeah, they, you know, that's they take, absolutely did. Yeah, yeah that, that's taken out of Waititi's hands. So maybe the intention is actually yeah, maybe you know, well, I, that's I, four editors. Yeah, I read a thing this week that um, there was a scene from Ragnarok that Waititi had to fight for, like Fagy wanted to remove it because he was like. No, it doesn't do anything. It's not good. He's like, no, no, no. This is like, this is going to be the best part of them. People will love this. Like, and it was a, I can't remember what it was, but you know, it's a, it's a whole process. Like, you know, yeah. Like there was uh, apparently in the first thought, Kenneth Branagh's direction, uh, the Kevin Feige kept coming in and asking them to rebalance the shots because he was filming everything on what's called Dutch, Dutch angles. angles. Yeah, <laughs> and they were like, no, no, no. It needs to be straight, and they would like try, like they were digitally straightening up the film Oy. and he's like no no it's meant to look like that like it's on another yeah. pl- it's on another plane of existence like that's yeah. a thing yeah. so that that kind of weird blandness that there is about all the marvel films yeah is there because there's one person at the top of the tree saying light everything too much make everything too bright Blend it out. Bl- like make everything straight and big wide shots because we want to see all the money like yeah. it's yeah there's mm. There's a reason sometimes that you go, oh, this could have been better if only because, and it's like, yeah, it's only because Kevin Feige wasn't, uh, yeah, but he's, more imagination. he's the one that's making sure all the films are, hmm. you know, huge money makers. So, yeah. uh, two quick things: great to see Jesus get a call out. That yeah. was nice. <laughs> got a carpet. That was good. Got a carpentry. <laughs> so you know. Good to see J-Dog at least got mentioned. That was good. Uh, good to see he goes and enjoys the show from Zeus and yeah. uh, gets to hang out with all the other mythological characters. And uh, secondly, uh, something that I cannot, uh, that I've just realised that I cannot undersell is that we did not sit there with people cheering. Oh, uh, yeah. that was stuff. Nice. And, and I, so I, I reckon that probably added like a, a solid 15% to my enjoyment. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have laughed at the goats as much if everyone had been cheering at every mention of like everything that had ever been in a comic. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's it's funny because uh, when I initially saw Thor Ragnarok, I was like, you, oh, you I, I really hated it. And then when I watched it by myself, I was like, oh no, this is all right. Like, oh, did you hate Ragnarok? Yeah, but, but I was in a cinema where, Cheers. like, when we saw Doctor Strange, yeah. uh, but it was a preview, and it was because Taika. Hemsworth and uh, someone else was there. People in the studio, I don't know if you've been to a premiere where the star is. It's like the same when uh, Margot Robbie was there for I, Tonya. People laugh because in a way where they think they're in the cinema with them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, uh, are you noticing how much I'm enjoying your film? Uh, So, you know. Like too much. Enjoying it too much. That, uh, That happened when I went to see Interceptor, which is where I got COVID. (laughs) <laughs> oh, was it worth it? Long COVID for Long Interceptor? Long COVID for Interceptor. Look, I've got to say I enjoyed it because it's, um, you know, it's a Matthew Riley film. Like his books are like a, a director VHS movie with Tom Berenger in it. And this movie is exactly like a director VHS movie, <laughs> but with Elsa Pataki instead of yeah, um, yeah, Dolph yeah. Lundgren or someone. Yeah. Like, you know, she's got, she's an action hero with a barely decipherable accent. Like it's fun. Yeah. 
It's stupid. It all happens in one room. People get stabbed in the eye with stupid things. Like, <laughs> like she's like her gun runs out of bullets, so she stabs someone in the eye with her gun. It's great, like, great, yeah. awesome. <laughs> this is what I want in my dumb action movies. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, I'm going to call uh, an end to this podcast because uh, something else I've just realised that probably aided my uh, amusement of this is that Garth Jones, who does the Pass the Ammo mm. podcast, made me watch Howling 3, The Marsupials, and I have to write a script about that. Oh, geez. So, uh, And the first part of that script is going to be, start your apology now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, I won't keep you for much longer, but here are some extra thoughts on the movie because you get out of the film, it's all still f- relatively fresh, and then you record and it's, you know, <laughs> to be honest, there was a lot of yelling at the start, so uh, I don't know if you know how this podcast is recorded, but I produce it as well, so I'm doing the uh, audio levels, <laughs> making sure that they're not peaking for your ears, uh, and there was just a lot going on, and... You know, when you're recording a podcast, it's kind of important to, you know, uh, to create uh, discussion. You've got to come at things from slightly different angles. And I weirdly felt very dispassionate throughout this podcast. Uh, it wasn't like uh, the Doctor Strange podcast where th- this will sound weird, but I have been a fan of the idea of the multiverse since I was a kid when it was introduced to me as a as a proper event in the classic 80s comic Crisis on Infinite Earths and that was such a mind-blowing thing to read as a kid and it was so uh, epic, like properly epic and it kind of at the time seemed to bring about real change in the DC comic universe. So I was so into that and I've been so into that as an idea and I I think we all get this a little bit. When you're married to an idea or when you're married to a particular artist, it's it's a very kind of dumb but true potential, uh, like, it, it feels like yours. And I'm not saying it is mine. But when I saw Doctor Strange, I was just so bummed out that they had such a great concept and they didn't explore it properly. And in all honesty... Maybe I wouldn't have been as down on it if I hadn't already seen everything everywhere all at once. Which I just thought, yes, this is how you take a concept and you explore it and it's fun and it's funny and it's poignant and it's so wonderful. And then there's this cookie cutter version of it that's going to do, you know, 10 times the amount of business and more people are going to see it and more people are going to talk about it. And, you know, it's like I was really... the. The, the, what you heard in my voice was disappointment. That's what you heard, right? So then this film, uh, you know, we go, we go and see the film. We record the podcast. We have a little bit of a chat and then, uh, you know, I had some lunch and then Adam and I went and saw the two 1960s Doctor Who movies at the Ritz at Cinema and... You know, like, in all honesty, those movies aren't very good, but Adam and I had a great time. Like, they're entertaining enough, and they're the kind of movies where everyone's kind of sitting not too close to each other, but consistently making comments about what's happening in the film. So we had a really good time. And then I came back, and then I had some dinner, and I finished the uh, German TV series on Netflix, Dark. I would finally had gotten around to watching that, and that must be one of the most consistent TV shows I've ever watched from the 
first scene to the last scene from season one to season three. Just quality-wise consistent. And I actually found that quite moving when I got to the end. And then I realised I just hadn't thought about this movie at all. And that's just a bummer. Like, what a bummer, you know? And uh, look... I only bring this up, not for any other reason, but other than to kind of explain my feelings. I bought the tickets for these movies because it was my suggestion. And so I was like, it's, you know, my podcast, they're doing me a favor. So I'll get the tickets. And, you know, when you spend nearly $100 on a Sunday morning before 10am to have to manufacture some sort of passion for a film that kind of left you a little bit feeling nothing. Ah, that's just a bummer, isn't it? Like I like I could have gone and spent that money on a super expensive lunch with a nice couple of glasses of expensive wine and had change. But instead I went and saw this movie and I just kind of felt nothing. And even some of the angles that we were coming at, because Ben comes in so hot in this podcast, which is great, by the way, but because he came in so hot, you know, Adam and I, as people who have, you know, been in media for a long time, are trying to find different angles to come in and turn it into a, a proper discussion and, and, and debate for you, and we're, we're thinking about it as an entertainment. Uh, it, it's exhausting. <laughs> it's exhausting, and it, it's a real bummer to come out of a film and say, yeah, I think it was good because... Because you're not angry. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, look, I stand by everything that I said in those initial thoughts, but to be completely numb to the experience is just not how I want to live my life. And, I, and, and, and I'm disappointed, you know. Uh, Alan Moore, uh, you know, has famously walked away from comics. And when they talk to his daughter... It, she has to explain to them, you, you don't understand, like, he's he's had his heart broken by this medium. And I used to read that, and of course I took it on board, uh, but I didn't really understand it emotionally, like, I understood it intellectually, but I didn't understand it emotionally. And for someone who has been invested in this art form for a long time, to see where it's at now is just disappointing. And, you know, Look, I know you can say they're children's entertainment, and I don't even think that is incorrect to say that. You know, I I think that's a fair way to look at them. But I also think you should still give kids quality. And, you know, I mentioned it at the end of the podcast. This is why you get something like Kenobi, because there's a whole lot of uh, people who are of a certain generation who came through with the Star Wars prequels who think they're great. And, by the way, I'm coming from my... POV, like, you know, maybe you did think they were great, and I'm sorry if I'm uh, shitting on your experience, but I I personally don't think those movies are good, and I I could feel it in the first two episodes of Kenobi, and I was just like, I'm out. And, you know, I made the joke to Danny about, ah, oh, yeah, you're out, but we'll see you, you know, when we get back to uh, Black Panther, but as soon as I kind of said that, and I was kind of doing it as a joke, um... I kind of felt bummed out. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll see Black Panther. And it's it's just disappointing. Because I, I do think uh, they, they should be quality and they should have big ideas and they should explore the ideas and they should be they should be just something great and not and not like the problem with 
what they've done with Thor, he's a, he's a bit nudge nudge, wink wink, and it's uh, it kind of lacks a sincerity. That's why you know you go and see Top Gun Maverick, and you know there was nothing surprising about that film, but there was kind of a sincerity to the way the movie was made, and there's a commitment to the performance that I just appreciate it, especially when I'm spending a lot of money. You know, I want someone to commit to what they're going to give me. So, uh, yeah, these these movies are just feeling empty. The TV shows are feeling empty. I saw that Echo, the new Marvel series that's coming up, is uh, probably going to have Charlie Cox's Daredevil in it. And I like, I really enjoyed the Daredevil series. I really loved Charlie Cox's Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil was one of my favourite comic book characters. Uh, some of the best runs I've ever read have been with that character. And it's like, oh, do I have to sit through a new TV show to see that? And look, it's the middle of the year. Maybe I'm just tired. But uh, yeah, even even me saying I thought the movie was good is damning praise. And what I'm saying is, realistically, when I think about it, I don't have any passion to be angry or disappointed or anything. Uh, even uh, Ben sent me a... Um, Uh, a YouTube clip of Mark Commode talking about the film who didn't like it either. And he was discussing how the Screaming Goats was a meme. And as someone who tries to stay off social media as much as possible for his own headspace, I kind of vaguely remember that, but uh, I hadn't thought that at the time. And even him pointing that out kind of bummed out that joke, (laughs) which I quite enjoyed at the time. And now it's like, oh, was that just a meme that they've uh, put into the movie? Oh, okay. Well... Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> you know, this podcast was created to be passionate. This podcast was created uh, to be engaged with what we're doing. That's why, you know, we're going to be introducing this story element in Beautiful Tales for the Disenchanted. It's not just about talking about other people's work. It's about being inspired. And there's all this work that I need to do. And Or let me rephrase that. There's all this work that I want to do. And... Like, none of it's fueled by what I just experienced. Like, none of it's inspired by any of these movies that have just turned into an assembly machine. So, that's where I've ended up with the film. Uh, look, if you enjoyed it, uh, that's great. And if your kids enjoyed it, that's fantastic. Some of my friends' kids loved it. And that's cool. That is, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying uh, that you shouldn't enjoy it. But... I genuinely have no passion for these films anymore. And that is a bummer. My interests are elsewhere. All the best films I've seen this year have been foreign and have been about simple things like a Japanese man dealing with his grief or a Danish woman trying to find her way through her early 30s. (laughs) You know, it's like (laughs) you read that on paper and you go, what? They're your favourite films of the year? Yeah. Yeah, they are. And uh, it's just a bummer when, you know, you have a really long, fruitful relationship and that relationship, uh, obviously, is coming to an end. Anyway, comics, thank you. But I think it's time we saw other people. Big thank you to Adam and Ben for their time today and a big thank you to our Patreon subscriber for the episode, Jake. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, we'll have to uh, let me know if uh, 
you do feel that way about um, <laughs> Sophia Copeland somewhere. If you don't, let's not ruin the relationship. Well, everything's going strong for us, Jake. And also, uh, while I think of it, a, a big thank you to everyone on the Patreon site who contributed their thoughts on this movie. It was fun to read them out uh, in real time, so I had I deliberately had not looked. Uh, Steph, I hope you're getting over your COVID, and uh, as someone who had COVID, a little bit of old man advice, take an extra week before you get back into things if you can. Take it really slowly. Uh, you know, the long COVID is a thing, and I was doing pretty well until that flu came and uh, brought on some of those uh, uh, attributes. So, Steph, take it easy, my friend. Um if you'd like to be a part of our community and help us achieve the goals that we have for the future of this podcast, whew, and one of the goals, I uh, need to let you know, Deep Dive Directors isn't coming back next season, but we have something else that's going to be tasty. Tasty. Ben and I just agreed on it this morning. I'll tell you more about that later. So uh, a lot of work goes into this podcast. It's not just uh, people talking. There's a lot of writing and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, getting online and doing research and stuff like that. So if you'd like to uh, help support us here, please head to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid and you will find a tier that suits you. A top review on Apple Podcasts is also a great way to support all the work that goes into Big Squid, as does word of mouth. Adelaide friends, don't forget to use the promo code BIGSQUID, one word, lowercase, when you purchase your tickets for our live show on September 16th with Rove, Tom Gleason, Adam, Ben, and more. I'll be back later in the week with musician Georgia Mooney. And next week will be our penultimate episode of Deep Dive Directors with David Lynch's Mulholland Drive. That's a double podcast event. It's great. It's great. Let's finish today with a quote from Natalie Portman. I don't love studying. I hate studying. I like learning. Learning is beautiful. Until then. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.